As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. We all know the drill. You can revamp the marketing. You can try for price reductions and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, there's a clock ticking. And those sort of days on market are ultimately toxic. And the longer it sits, the more jealousy you're going to have. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. That's right. And guess what? It's Saturday. I hope you're having a best ever weekend. And because it's Saturday, we're doing a special segment called Situation Saturday, where our best ever guest talks about a challenging situation he was in and how the heck he overcame it. We've got a returning best ever guest. You've heard of him and you've probably seen him on HGTV. He's on season eight and nine. Eight or nine? Which one, Matt? Well, we're shooting eight and nine right now, so I think probably if, if they're running reruns, it's probably from season seven. There you go. Well, we're closing in on a decade of the show, and he is the co-host of Hawaii Life on HGTV. How you doing, Matt Beal? I'm doing great. Aloha. Thanks for having me back. My pleasure, my friend. And when we were talking about the situation that you were in, I was really excited to have you share that and then how you overcame it. And by the way, best ever listeners, the whole purpose of this isn't for Matt to talk about what he was doing. It's so that we can help you solve this type of situation if and when you come across it. So with that being said, Matt, 
will you give the best ever listeners maybe a little bit of background about you and your company, and then we can roll right into the situation we're going to talk about? Sure, easy. So I started as a real estate salesperson in 1998 in Hawaii, and I had a good career. I was very aggressive. I did a lot of deals. Got into management of what at the time was the largest firm on the island where I live on Kauai at the time. And then when the market sort of right around the millennium started to turn up, I got into investing and I did a lot of deals. I bought foreclosures, partition sales, I did condo projects, I did water systems, all kinds of stuff that really uh, what I was taking advantage of was one, having a full-time crew, but also being able to do things that an investor that didn't live in my market, which is you know a lot of people because we're on a small island, couldn't do. So I did close to 30 transactions from 2000 to about 2006, 2007. And as the market began to slow, and this is before sort of the credit evaporation and meltdown that happened, but you know I knew that sort of 20 plus percent of appreciation every year wasn't necessarily sustainable. So I knew that there was going to be a turn coming. And I'm here I am with all this product. And also as still a broker in the market, I'm, I'm carrying you know, 20, 25 listings on behalf of clients, realizing that the way that we go about marketing and selling real estate wasn't really working for our current sort of scene here in Hawaii. And so fast forward to kind of merging a design and marketing firm into a real estate broker, starting a new company, Hawaii Life Real Estate Brokers, and really applying a sort of tech-enabled and design-enabled platform to a real estate brokerage. And it, it's had just uncanny success. I mean, I'm not being sort of boastful. It's really, it's got a life of its own. It's kind of dragging me along with it. And we're now the largest listing brokerage in the state of Hawaii. And, and we're 220 plus brokers and agents and 40 employees. And it's a big business. It's, it's got a life of its own. And so you talk about problem solving. I had a very gracious exit from the market. I could very easily be bankrupt. I had seven mortgages in early 2007. So you can think about that yeah. timing, you know. <laughs> But with a little bit of rolling up your sleeves and actually applying design and marketing principles to get these products sold, we were able to have an impact and then be able to show that process to brokers and also sellers who were having a hard time in the peak of the recession. We were able to get more market share. And obviously at that time, it was a lot easier to sort of get in the door and explain your process, but we had very tangible results. And so that's how we kind of grew. So that's my background in a nutshell. The, the TV show, they cast us, I think, in, at the end of 2012. But the dates are all fuzzy for me because it's gone by so fast. But they reached out. They had this idea. They came out and shot a teaser reel, sort of an eight to nine minute, super fun. And we all sort of poured it on thick for them. And then, thank God, I was able to convince whomever to name the show after our brokerage it's really stuck and people have i think north of 20 million people watch that show it's crazy and each episode is a different broker with a different client on a different island we tell the story they look at their homes and then they there's a little bit of suspense on which ones they pick and they also mix in a little bit of travel channel sort of uh, this couple might like to scuba dive or or stand up paddleboard so you get some of the eye candy that's available in hawaii so yeah it's sort of a rocket ship ride and best ever listeners, you can check out episode 147 where Matt talks about his best ever advice and he goes into detail, even more detail about his business, how he got started, lessons learned, how to build a company 
that he's talking about by taking calculated risks and outsourcing. So go check episode 147 out with Matt. So today, my friend, what is the situation that you're in that was challenging and what'd you do about it? Sort of a graduated version of that original problem of getting my inventory sold and, and my client's inventory sold. But as the market sort of turned and got a little bit more flush, we've since become also the, the sort of top luxury broker in the state. You can measure that in any number of ways. But for me, listings that are sort of north of about $3 million, we do more trades in that range, $3 million and up, more than any other brokerage in Hawaii. So there are some obvious kind of inherent problems in that. One is that people who are going to spend four, five, eight, ten million dollars don't necessarily live in the state. And the frequency at which they come is not that often. So if someone hires you to sell a house that may well be worth $10 million, it's sort of the whole days on market thing is kind of out the window because it's not like you put a sign in the ground and if it's still there in 30 days and there's something wrong with it because literally nobody that could <laughs> physically afford the house has even shown up to the island, let alone mm. have the opportunity to see the house. So that marketing and the whole campaign of that really, really changes as you're kind of making sure that as people come, whether it's seasonal, summer, or on the holidays, or that they have the opportunity to see it. And of course, you know, there's a lot of online and, and sort of proactive database marketing, those kinds of things. But nonetheless, it adds time to the equation. And so consequently, the absorption rate of these homes is very, very low. We have a lot of inventory just because those buyers, it's certainly not a San Francisco or an LA or a New York where they're all physically in the market where we are. So several years ago, sort of like almost begrudgingly, it, ironically, it was sort of like trying to give a cat a bath. I mean, I was really resistant to taking on this idea, but we decided to work in partnership with Concierge Auctions, which is a luxury auction company. Laura Brady, right? That's right, Laura Brady. Has she yeah, been a guest? She has been a guest. Yeah. Yep. She's she's great. So now I feel bad because I, I gave them a very hard time. I mean, I was and it's all of the stuff that comes up, right? It's like we didn't do our job. That's the first thing. That somehow some we need a cleaner to show up and like prove that we didn't do it right. Or all of the drama that goes on. And, and then of course the stigma around the word auction. You know, when you hear the word auction, I think it's been, and post-recession especially, it's been sort of hardwired with like foreclosure or a problem or something's gone wrong or somebody died or whatever it is. And I know that that stigma is definitely lessening. I mean, we're, we're sort of a living testament to that. But the solution part of it is that they do what we would have been tasked to do over that many, many months, if not longer than a year. I always use the analogy of like, when we're hired that seller is expecting us to really run a marathon. We're out there going long, making that property available for anyone as they show up to the island. Concierge's model is very different. What they do is they're like, no, we're going to sprint it. So they take that same budget and all of that sort of dynamic intensity and they pack it into two months, in some cases even six weeks. And it's a giant campaign. But the kicker is there is a final date. So that final date, this house will trade on, you know, whatever, September 31st. That final date forces this reality for that buyer base of, no, this thing is going to sell. So it creates fear of loss. It creates urgency. And it forces the, oh, well, 
if we are interested or if there's even a remote interest or maybe we'll get a deal or whatever it is, they kind of wedge it into the system so that now these buyers can't just kind of wait till Christmas or wait till their kids are out of school or wait till whatever the next magical time they're going to come to Hawaii. They think, oh, okay, this not only is it going to trade no matter what, but two, I have to go and take a look, right? Because there could be a great deal to be had. And so what ends up happening, and maybe this is no surprise, but it's been brilliant for us because we've done probably 20 of these deals over the years now, is that you bring the actual market to the table. It's not a bottom feeding sort of fire sale. It's people that are really getting interested and realizing how much interest there actually is because they're seeing each other and they're there bidding with each other. And then the property trades for what the market bears, which is a really brilliant sort of frankly revolutionary way to sell high-end real estate, especially in a market like ours where our consumer just isn't in the market. So it takes a little bit of overcoming. We had to get over our sort of is it because of us did we do something wrong? And the sort of ho hum of, of this, you know, real estate is a very sort of provincial and insular uh, industry. You know, we were like, God forbid, some newcomer come into your market and try and do something. But if you can work with them, and they do, they partner with brokerages and really help leverage the intensity of that campaign, then you can get results. And we've had great results on both sides of transactions. And like I said, we're we're probably coming up on twenty different sales. So. It's just a continued version of thinking outside the box to solve a problem. Let's say the sales price is $3 million. How much does your brokerage make on that if you sell it without the concierge auctions? It's and the, how much would it be if you the did? the exact same. It's the exact same. It's no different. And that's a big distinction is that concierge works with the seller and the sale to get their fee. And so the listing agreement stays in place, and which is really brilliant. It's a very clever model on their part because they're not alienating the, the brokerage community. In fact, one of the things that they do so well is because they are a sort of a third party that's coming in, they help to enroll the cooperating brokers in the community because, hey, commissions are the same, but they get to benefit from that same urgency, they being the cooperating brokers, because it's like, if you have a guy that's even remotely interested or maybe he came and looked at it six months ago or some, whoever your, your buyer is, now it's urgent. Because it's going to happen. So they work with and on behalf of that cooperating broker to help effect a sale. Let's apply this to the best ever listeners. Help me apply it. So your challenge was that you had these multi-million dollar listings. People came in, checked it out. Hey, I'll check it out next time I'm in town, which is you know maybe during the holidays or something. And you wanted to find a way to get the best price as possible for your clients and also get it out the door and get the transaction completed in the fastest possible way. What can they take away from this story so that they can apply it in their business? Well, I think it depends on where you are in the story, right? So if you're a, if you're a real estate practitioner and you have a similar problem, you know, a really high end listing that isn't selling, then learning how to explain the auction process and the auction opportunity and model, I think is very, very valuable because it's not going to apply to every market, right? It's not a one size fits all sort of ripcord where you just press a button and then you're out. But being in that conversation sometimes just on its own can help because if you're educated about how the process works and and what the differences are and how their marketing works and how the whole kid caboodle kind of plays together and being in that conversation with your seller can start the process of 
explaining these market dynamics and maybe in some cases the market realities to your client, right? So more often than not, independent of auctions, so just say auctions didn't exist, in the really, really high-end part of the market, the margin between where a property will actually trade for, so the sales price, and its original listing price is quite high. And the reason for that is that there is some arbitrary evaluation that goes on. And, and I know arbitrary is a tough word, but look, if you have a $20 million home for sale, chances are you think it's the greatest thing on the planet, right? And no one can compete with your dream home and you know, and on and on and on. So you're pricing it sort of like a piece of art. And the fact that that home may sell for $15 million, even though it was listed at 20 somehow doesn't strike anyone as being very strange. But apply that same principle to like a house that's worth $200,000, right? If you bought a house that was listed at $200,000 for $150,000, you'd think you got an incredible deal, right? So the margins are bigger in the high end. They're a little bit broader. And because it's harder to convince those sellers that their product is maybe overpriced. So just starting the conversation about this model and how it works and how it brings the market right to the front door can be very, very powerful just to enroll a client, say that you know maybe your listing is a little overpriced. Same thing on the other side. If you're a seller, if you own property that is especially in the high end of your market, it's not outrageous to consider this process of instead of going long and kind of waiting for someone to get off a plane or someone to come into town or someone to have a big liquidity event that makes them finally available to buy your super high-end home, of trying to bring the market to you instead over the course of a sprint, like what concierge auction sort of platform does. So I think if you're a seller, it's worth being in the conversation. If you're a broker or an agent, it's definitely worth being in the conversation. And then ironically, the third sort of character in this is the buyer. And the only reason I say ironically is back to that stigma. I think people assume that like, you know, you're going to get this great deal when you go to an auction. And sometimes that's true. But I think what's left out of that equation is how much control the seller has inside this model. They do a very clever thing. They sort of set it up to look as if it's just an absolute free-for-all. But the amount of data, meaning that there's no reserve and anything could happen, and maybe you could buy this $10 million house for a million dollars. And in some cases, that technically could be true. But the amount of data that they garner, this is a very complex, targeted, very detail-oriented marketing campaign. This is no joke. This is like they're using hardcore technology mm -hmm. marketing and they have the track record so that along the way they're able to garner so much information that the seller isn't going into this blind they know the range about which this thing is going to trade and that means that like yes while sometimes a buyer just hits the cover off the ball and gets an incredible buy usually it's like a really good version of retail so they're sort of the third character in this thing where yes Sometimes, and I'll be super candid, Joe, there are absolutely deals to be had uh, via auction. There's zero question about that. Like, they could be really, really good deals. But I don't think it's the kind of like blood in the water, you know, every deal is awesome. And if you buy a property at auction, you're going to score. I, mean, I think that's sort of a dangerous assumption, especially at the high end. Yeah. And I would think that with those second and third homes, for the most part, people aren't looking to buy something low and turn it around and flip it and make a quick buck. They're looking for some sort of lifestyle enhancement by purchasing a property. That's right. Yeah. They have a host of investor clients as well. And I'm not sure. It's usually sort of a combination. It's not necessarily a quick buck. It could be like, oh, I would, you know, I'd love to have a house on 
this Hawaiian island. But along the way, I'd like to feel like I got a good deal at the same time. And so I don't think anyone's in denial about this. They're not thinking that this is some sort of get-rich-quick scheme. But it is a way to get a good value when you buy. It's not the easy button, but to sort of press the eject button and really know that they're going to have a sale occur. Well, Matt, is there anything else as it relates to if you have a high-end listing that isn't selling, this is a recommended approach that you've done 20 times plus. Anything else you want to mention the best ever listeners before we wrap up? No, I think we're there. We all know the drill. You can revamp the marketing. You can try for price reductions and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, there's a clock ticking. And those sort of days on market are ultimately toxic. And the longer it sits, the more jealousy that you're going to have. So for us, it's been a really profound tool in our tool belt. Whether we use it or not, even just having it there sometimes has also been very powerful. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? What's the best place? Uh, I, I mean, I'm on all this stuff. I'm Hawaii life on LinkedIn. I'm uh, Matt Beal. It's like be all uh, on Twitter. Hawaii life Matt on Instagram. All that stuff. I'm all socialed up. You got an exciting conference coming up. What's the deal with that? Every year we host a luxury real estate conference in Hawaii. This year it's at the new Four Seasons on the island of Oahu. That's a brand new Four Seasons. It's awesome. We're bringing in, I mean, this year we're kind of going big with speakers. So we have, we're going to have probably 18 luxury brokers from around the country, all in different panels speaking. We're going to have 12 different sort of C-suite. These are CEOs, COOs, and CMOs, largely from real estate companies. Some of them are from, they might be from a large association or finance or architecture. There are three really brilliant, super high-end sort of star architects, really brilliant architects. And then a suite of designers and marketers and then keynote speakers. So it's December 9th and 10th with a free day on the 8th for property management, vacation rental people. And then two full days and we bring in music and we have, you know, there'll be a DJ and it's got a life of its own. It's called Worth Shop. That URL is worthshopsplural.com. And yeah, super, super fun. It sounds like an entertainment experience, which is what we always want to be entertained while we're being educated that's that's the, exactly right and, like, and we go outside the box a little bit best ever listeners you can click on worthshops.com in the show notes link page by just looking in the show notes so we've got that hyperlink for you matt thank you for talking about the very specific situation and i love it when we narrow in on stuff versus talking broad and this was a very specific challenge where you you've got some high-end properties you need to get them to move a little bit faster at a price point that's not compromised and you came up with the solution by working with Laura Brady and Concierge Auctions. By the way, best ever listeners, you can go listen to her episode. It's episode 148. Again, Matt, thank you for being on the show, talking us through this challenge, how you overcame it, and excited to hear more about the conference. Hope you have a best ever weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Is a hard money loan right for you? Paces Funding is a private hard money lender with the fastest closings in the industry. Now lending in Florida, discover the Paces Funding difference today at PacesFunding.com. That's P-A-C-E-S-F-U-N-D-I-N-G.com.